pass to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Welcome back to the best podcast you're going to listen to all week. It is the Culture State Podcast right here on the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network or on YouTube or on WREL Sports Plus because we give the people what they want. We're all over the place. This week, we have Ivory Latta. I'm your host, Chris Lee, and that is my man, Dennis Jamel Cox. What's up, Dennis? Living that dream, man. Just one day at a time. What can I say? But yeah, Ivory Latta. One of the best women's basketball players to come mm-hmm. out of the University of North Carolina. And here's the thing. We often talk about the men's history when it comes to UNC basketball. The women's history, just as deep. And like the talent of players and the people that come through, it's stacked. It is absolutely stacked. And Ivory Loud is one of the best ones to ever do it. And I will say it is sad that she came from South Carolina, but she did her work <laughs> in the state of North Carolina. Well, you know, we'll get into that with her in this mm-hmm. conversation, but it sounds like South Carolina didn't do enough work to keep her in the state. Shocking. But we'll let you guys listen to that in this episode. Uh, but, yes, no, it was great having her on here. Not only is she one of the best uh, players that ever has stepped foot on a basketball court for the University of North Carolina, men's or women's mm-hmm. basketball, right? But I'm going to go out there and say this. This was one of the best interviews that we've had on yeah. Culture State. And it was kind of unexpected. Not that I thought that she wouldn't be, but a lot of times some of the best interviews come from people that um, you would expect it to come from or from people that we've had a prior relationship with, right? We don't have a prior relationship with Ivory Ladda. This was both of our first time talking to her uh, in in an interview setting. You know, of course, I spoke to her beforehand setting everything up. But, you know, it wasn't, you know, a lot there. And so this was ended up being a great interview. We had great insight on uh, what was going on with her in college, after college. And then also, like, she's kind of hilarious, too, at the same time. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> so, she so this really is going to be a, a pretty good episode as far as keeping you informed, but also you're going to have a few laughs along the way, too. All right. Well, sign away further. Ivory Latta. All right, this interview is a pleasure to have right here. If you are familiar with anything dealing with uh, UNC women's basketball, this is one of the best players to ever play with UNC women's basketball. Uh, Of course, uh, two-time WNBA All-Star, ACC Player of the Year, 2006, jersey number retired. When you have those type of accolades, you know you're really a baller on the court. Welcome, Ivory Latta. Uh, First off, I got to ask you, like, since you uh, left uh, the bench over at Carolina, you know, being assistant coach, What's your life been like? You still in coaching? What have you been doing since then? Oh, man, I've just been maxing and relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much is just enjoying myself, enjoying life, uh, enjoying my my nephews. Uh, they are into sports, so I'm able to go to their games and, you know, just really enjoy this family time. So what's life been like for you post-playing career? In terms uh, life of has been, no, adjusting. life has been great. It's been great. It's actually um, – I still get up, work out five, six times, uh, five, six times a week. Only thing is, I'm just not actually out there on the court, but I still do the same workout. Um, so it's been going pretty well. You know, no complaints on this end. Since you're still doing those workouts, you, you uh, have you considered uh, making a little comeback or seeing if you can uh, still give some people that work on on the court? Uh, most likely staying in shape. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's you know. I don't, Staying in shape, keeping my body healthy, uh, me staying healthy, but it's, it's definitely a mental thing, uh, playing in the league 11 years, 
always getting up, going to practice, working out. So it's like my body's still in somewhat game mode. Um, so I just have to keep it going and, keep, and definitely keep stay in shape. You being a, a South Carolina native, you came to North Carolina. What was it so attractive about uh, the Tar Heels that made you want to uh, come up there and, and play for that? Because I know you had your, your pick of the litter uh, at coming out of high school. about it like how you from oh, yeah? North Carolina <laughs> and you from South Carolina well the story is that never came out is uh, North Carolina been recruiting me since I don't even know when um, but what the crazy thing is I, you know growing up you know playing in high school junior high we would always go to South Carolina basketball camp so I'm like well shoot I always wanted to go to South Carolina but I went to the state championship two years in a row won one lost one and still did get offered a scholarship to the University mm. of South Carolina. So that was a big, like, slap in the face. You know what mm. I'm saying? So it's just like, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere where the coaches, they, they, they seem like they love me. They want me to be a part of their program. And she did not have a problem with my height, which was a great thing. And it's just like, y'all want to give me slack for something that, pretty much was out of my control, but I controlled it at the end and went to the best possible school that, you know, pretty much in the nation at the time. Absolutely. So, I'm curious, what was the conversations like when you were being recruited to UNC? What what was it about UNC that stood out to you by, by Coach Sylvia Hatcher? Uh, I think more of a, just the, the tradition that they had there. Um, but then again, growing up, my father, I mean, I was watching Allen Iverson, uh, Vince Carter. Mm. I was watching Michael Jordan. So it's just like my brothers, that's all they talk about was MJ, MJ. And, hey, where do you go? UNC. So it was like it was already instilled in me. Um, but, you know, as a little child, when you go places over and over, you'd be like, oh, I want to do that. So I was going to South Carolina's camp. And it's like, well, I'm going to South Carolina. I know y'all like North Carolina and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, they don't seem like they're interested in me. And speaking of Coach Hatcho, she was just telling me, like, pretty much how the sky's the limit, you know, coming there, being able to play, uh, great crowd, great tradition, and just, um, you know, the coaching staff, everybody. I mean, when I literally tell you, everybody made me feel like I was literally at home. Mm. It was like a home feeling. Even on my visit, it was amazing. And I was just like, after that visit, I looked at my dad. My mom was like, um, <laughs> you can stop answering the phone because uh, I'm going to North Carolina. Uh, you mentioned Coach Hatchell. She definitely has a great eye for talent. I mean, she ha was able to get you from South Carolina, which is dope. And, and then, of course, a lot of other uh, great players that have come through uh, North Carolina under her. Uh, and you also mentioned your height. And uh, your book is called Despite the Height as well you're listed at five six i've never met you in person is five six accurate or is that are we giving you a little bit there oh no man five six is accurate man, okay yeah, listen i get measured every year i'm okay. tired of it five, <laughs> <six is accurate. laughs> all right i just wanted i wanted to make sure so at five six and you mentioned the height uh, a lot of times folks your your height i'm sorry your uh, your position are like you know five nine five ten that type of thing were you the type of player where people talking junk to you about your height were people uh you know trying to trying to try to put you down because of it uh was that something you had to overcome as you were playing basketball you know what it was at first 
um, that I did have to overcome. <laughs> and my dad pretty much was like, listen, I'm, nobody really in my family is really that tall besides, like, my uncle. He was. He's about 6'4". Everybody else is short. So my dad was like, look, look around. <laughs> All right, look, you really got to work extra hard. And there's nothing wrong with hard work. And so it was like, um, I get out there on the court and I got the short. Hey, I, I, I'm posting her up. You know, I always used to get that. And I got to the point where he was like, listen, hey, you got you to gotta hold your own out there. <laughs> hey, you can't just let people just talk to you any kind of way. You got to work hard and show them what your game is about. And so... As, as time goes, like in high school, I always try to use my height to my advantage, and that's what I did. Even in high school, college, and in a pro, I'm like, hey, if I'm short, I'm going to be quicker, I'm going to be faster, um, I'm going to be smarter than you. And, and that's what I did. But you know me, anybody watch me play, listen, I, I, I can, I'm going to put myself up there as like the top two trash talker uh, women's player of all time. And, and, I, and I'm not, and let me tell you, I'm not two. How about that? <laughs> Top two and I ain't number two. Okay, I respect that. I respect that for sure. Yes, so sir. Where, did the, where did the trash game develop? Did, did, you say you mentioned you have brothers and, and uncles. Did, did the trash talk start with them first and just kind of carry it? Oh, How did yeah. that all start? Oh, yeah. Trash talk definitely started with my brothers and my sisters. Um, I'm, I'm the last of seven. You know, I'm okay. the baby of seven, so it's just like I always used to get away with everything. I always used to get them in trouble. So whenever we go outside <laughs> and get ready to play, then that's when they, like, really knock me down and be trash-talking. And then I always used to go cry in the house, and my dad was like, well, what are you going to do about it? My mom was like, stop crying. Go back outside. So I, it developed right there, and it got real – I mean, it got real strong in the lead because you really got to hold your own with yeah. those women, you know? But I did some trash talking at Carolina too, so it was, it was cool, man. It's part of the game. <laughs> I think that was like one of the things that was so magnetizing about you is just like you could tell that you were out there fiery and everything like that, and, and it really came through on television. I do want to ask this though, um, you know, these are things that we probably have never seen, or I don't know if anybody's ever talked about. But while you're at Carolina, or even in high school. Is there any men's player that you've played against that we know of at Carolina that you bust them up real quick while you, while you guys are doing you know having a, a private you know workout in the gym and uh, you know you had to give them that work showing what you could do? No man, it's no, <laughs> nah, it's not. But this is a this is a cool thing though. And uh, me being at Carolina, I used to work out with Raymond Phelps. Okay. You know, it would be, like, late at night. If it was, like, 1 or 2 o'clock, that's, like, the perfect time, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, he would get trained by, you know, some of the top people. And I would always be like, man, can I just come watch? You know, I was just so fascinated because I love Raymond. He's from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. You know, when I played in the state championship, he was playing in the state championship as well with the boys. Um, And I always, like, man, you you know, you a bigger guard. Like, I always try to watch what he does at, at times and try to, like, put some of his game in mind and I always used to watch him work out but nah man I ain't never really got in there I was like yo I'm about to school one of y'all like nah <laughs> <laughs> no I never did that man <laughs> no I mean it would have been a dope story if you were just like hey one time we were playing it was just like we were just hanging out and I crossed him up didn't know if he could play the next time you know because <laughs> his ankle got hurt a little bit <laughs> no nah, no nah, nah, I don't have I don't have those stories though. I, 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 
wish I did. That would be that would definitely be cool, but nah, I didn't. Nah. <laughs> That's to be great, you know. If, you know, yeah, he can't play. He got hurt feelings because you know I. <laughs> I mean, that'd be wonderful. Like, yeah, he's out. Why? Hurt feeling. Yeah, it's questionable. Oh Feelings hurt. Yeah, poor, poor <laughs> <laughs> Um, what was the connection like between the men's team and the women's team at USC? Oh, it, well, I'm, I mean, it was amazing. It was awesome. I mean, when we was there, when I was there at school, when I tell you they supported us, even sometimes where you know they would get back from a road trip. You would see them in the stands. I mean, they would support us to the fullest. I mean, it was it was awesome. I, we had a really, really close, great relationship. Like, we would go out to eat together. We would do, like, laser tag. We will go to, like, Frankie's. Uh, we will just do, like, fun things together. It was always a great relationship with us, with the men's team, and also with the baseball team. Like, everybody was so mm. cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Track team, like we were just all cool. The football team was always there supporting us because you know, football players think they can play basketball, and <laughs> we we would have to deal we would have to deal with them in the summer playing in Woodland Gym and be like, okay, guys, like just stick to football. You can't be over here running through people and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, I mean, I know with me because of my personality, like I had a great relationship pretty much with everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you're talking to me right now. I used to wrestle in high school, and then, you know, every time we had a break from wrestling practice, we'd be like, yeah, let's show these basketball players what to do, and we'd be a, a little bit too rough. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit too rough. Um, I, I do want to ask you this, though. Um, during your time at, at North Carolina, uh, outside of just basketball, what did you like to do for fun around Chapel Hill? What were your favorite places to eat? What were your favorite places to hang out? And, um, you know, and was that, what kind of love did you feel when you're out in the community? Listen, it was like the, the best love I've ever received by being, you know, by playing basketball, to be honest with you. Um, favorite place to go eat, I love Sutton. Oh, okay. man, you get them hot dogs, you get them hamburgers. I mean, you're a college student. That, that goes a long way. Um, mm -hmm. Also, uh, after those late workouts, you go to timeout. And you get that good old biscuit <laughs> that you probably shouldn't be eating, but it was good at the time. You feel me? Yeah. And I think the, I think my a uh, fun time will be like in the summer. We'll be at Granville Towers, and we'll just be playing basketball out there with with everybody. Like even some of like you know regular students, if they was in summer school, they'd come play with us. And I love hanging on the wall right there in campus. Um. Man, listen, it's not a place that you do not love in Chapel Hill. Did you okay, go hang you out in Raleigh? It, which your, did you go hang out in Raleigh with your, with your Carolina Blue on? I, I mean, I, I hung out everywhere with my Carolina <laughs> Blue on. I didn't care where I went. I'm just saying, if you're in Chapel Hill, I mean, that's baby blue heaven. You can just sit on the sidewalk and have a good time. Yeah. It's not a place where you'd be like, well, that's not a good place to go. We can't go there. It's it's. It's like all the places, like everywhere. And um, now when I go back and I look, I'm like, wow, this place has really changed. I'm like, y'all, these apartments are nice. Y'all in apartments? <laughs> I'm looking around like, oh, y'all got scooters? It's not a dorm anymore. It's, it's just straight up apartments now. Man. You know what? I can just sit here and smile and say, hey, we did a great job of paving the way. How about that? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I can say where I went to school, like, wow, that building looks really, really new. Hey, that building also <laughs> looks really, really new. That dorm looks completely renovated. Oh, I bet they have hot water. I remember a time when there was no hot water in that building. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they, the dorm has a kitchen. A kitchen? Yeah. Well, well, right. Ain't that just nice? <laughs> what? Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Now, Chris just mentioned Raleigh, where NC State is. Did you ever, in your time, the, the big rivals with NC State and Duke, what were, what was it like playing against those, those teams, those schools, not just at home, but when you had to travel to those places as well? Because Carolina's got the target on their back. You know why? Because it's Carolina. What was it like going to those places? Let me tell you. I'll start with uh, NC State first. I Wait. love playing NC State. Love playing. It's, it's, especially when it was at KYAL. Mm -hmm. um, man, it, it was always a dogfight. That game was never really, like, easy. Even if you see the score at the end, we may be up by 10 or 12. But it was a dogfight all four years against NC State. And I love playing there, but, you know, playing at Carmichael is historic. Um, yeah. The greats that played at Carmichael. And I tell people, like, I, I even walk around and ask people, hey, you know, where did Mike play at? The Dean Smith Center? You're not a Carolina fan. Nah, man. Don't yeah, Carmichael. You don't know the history. <laughs> exactly. And, and playing, like, NC State there in Carmichael, and it'd be, like, sold out. Unbelievable feeling. Now, let me tell you this. Y'all already know what I'm about to say about the Dukies. <laughs> you know, I, I don't sleep before those games. I didn't sleep before those games. Those were the most exciting games, let me tell you. I actually love playing Duke. I love Carmichael. Carmichael is the, the, the best gym I can say I've ever played in. But I love playing at Duke because it's the feeling of just them not cheering and you're up and you win and they're so bad <laughs> and they can't do the uh and it, it you know people ask me like what is it like playing at Duke I'm like I can't even explain it you have to find a way to experience yourself mm -hmm. you have to find a way to go to a Duke and Carolina men or women's game you have to I can't it's a feeling that I cannot explain um but I know one thing, I, I didn't sleep before that game because you just be so excited and you know it's going to be on ESPN. So, you know, we had to make sure our hair was done. Every day. <laughs> you know, we got to be on point. We got to be right and get that win, too. So I love playing at Duke. The rivalry is like the best rivalry in, in, in sports history, pretty much. So with the rivals, you rank Duke one and NC State second? Oh, yeah, Duke, Duke is definitely number one. Uh, when we have to go, yeah, I'll put NC, NC State definitely in second. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I just want to know. I just want to stir up the NC State fans because you know they they always still want to be the number one rival to Carolina. They're, they're kind of salty that Duke kind of replaced uh, them at a certain point, like in the eighties. They have, but check this out though. I, I'm still watching a lot of games, and um, I actually like NC State women's team. They're great. They, and yeah. You, yeah, I do. Um, they they really are. I enjoy watching them in the tournament, and it's just like, oh wow, especially the little small point guard. Yeah, like, Raina Perez. She was, she was still giving buckets, and I loved yeah. it. So yeah, now you know I can say that now, but back then, uh, -uh it was all Carolina. And I, I want to ask you this, uh, as far as like how women's sports has evolved, 
from before you played at Carolina to when you played at Carolina to now, yeah. what do you like about how women's sports has evolved, how it's more so on the forefront than what it was before, and then where, do, where does it still need to grow? Okay, yeah, I, to me, women's sports has definitely grown since, what, I graduated in 07. Um, a thing that I see, um, a lot of these girls are playing above the rim. Yeah. And the, the, the guards are bigger. <laughs> the guards are coming out at 6'1", and I'm looking like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I just had a basketball camp, and I had a little girl. I'm looking at her face to face. Yeah, I'm small. But she had to be like five now, and I'm looking like her. She's like, yeah, I'm 13. I'm like, listen, I don't know what y'all drinking. This water y'all drinking or the food that y'all eating is different. But just the game itself, um, more people are engaging. More people are watching. And, you know, definitely God rest his soul. Kobe, Kobe was really about to set the whole women game, you know, off. Like, yeah. literally. With his daughter playing, and the way he started supporting it, and the way he spoke about just women's players, like the fundamentals, how, you know, we're, we're great at this, we're great at that, because we actually, we listen. Mm. You know, we don't think that we know it all as women. Like, we're, we're growing each and every day on our game and just the knowledge of the game. And it can continue to grow more, I know, with as far as, like, the fan base. And, man, I'm seeing these NIL deals. I'm like, <laughs> what? But I'm just so happy because I'm seeing a lot of women mm-hmm. in the top ten of earnings in the NIL. And I'm Deja Kelly. like, wow. Deja Kelly is in the top ten right now. Yeah. Who, who you say who is? Deja Kelly, current uh, UNC player, UNC guard. She's in the Listen, top ten earners. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah, I love her. I love her game. Like, she's cold. She's ice cold. She's a Carolina blue ice cold. I love her. I love her game. Absolutely. So now it's like, now y'all really try. Now y'all really can see what these women can do on the court. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it's it's a beautiful feeling it's beautiful to see and i'm extremely happy for them like the game is just only gonna get better with the more with the knowledge that we continue to uh to gain and these ladies like i've seen on instagram uh two more people just going up and just dunking like it's a layup yeah and i had trouble even touching the net i'm like you know what (laughs) y'all got it how much money would you have earned if you had nil back then a meal or two more per year if, per I, year? if I was at oh for you absolutely I mean come on man I, I'm remarkable <laughs> like come on are you kidding me I'm, I, I'm just gonna say it I'm never gonna short short on myself at all that number 12 jersey would have been gone off the uh, shelf I'm not even gonna lie <laughs> absolutely uh, easy like are you kidding me I'm like somebody asked me that the other day listen what they did they asked me it was like yo if if the NIL was back when you was playing, how much you think you can earn? They didn't even give me a chance. They was like, yeah, you probably would have had a million or two. I'm like, well, you just asked me a question. Can I answer? Mm. <laughs> like, oh, oh, absolutely. Easy. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, it would have been interesting to see, uh, especially back then in those days between Duke and Carolina men's and basket, men's and women's basketball on both ends. Uh, that would have been crazy. And I guess my final question for you is, uh, Sylvia Hatchell, um, you know, you said that she was recruiting you early. What type of coach is she? And, uh, you know, how, how big has she been in your life uh, to oh, get man. you to where you're at right now? Wow, wow. Um, to me, she's a, she, she's, a, she's a great coach. 
she's a hump, what they call a hump, the Hall of Fame. Yeah. She's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, you know, being coached by her was, was great because my first year, um, you know, just coming in, I think I went to school, you guys. I think I was 115 pounds, if that. And that's me sweating. <laughs> and she would always tell me, you know, I always get knocked down at practice, knocked down in games. And she was, she would always tell me, like, you get knocked down, you better get right back up and keep fighting. Right. And I always be looking at her like, what? Like, I ain't trying to lose a scholarship. What do you mean by fight? <laughs> you know, I'm young. I don't know. You know, coach telling me, she's like, no, you keep fighting. And she always tell me, she's like, never give up. Never give up despite of what anybody tell you. She's like, you small. They're going to try to say this and that. She was like, you keep fighting. And she always instilled, like, that extra killer instinct in me. I had one in high school, but mm. when I got to college, it was like she just bought so much out of me that I really didn't know that I had. Mm. You know, okay. I didn't know I really had that type of leadership. I didn't even, you know, you're in high school, you're in high school. You're just out there really just playing and you're hooping. But that type of leadership, being able to lead a team to Final Fours, Elite Eight, ACC championships, you know, she really bought so much out of me. Um, she literally, you know, outside of my parents, made me the woman that I, that I am today. And nice. even when I graduated, I still would call her on advice of, you know, contracts overseas, um, you know, Nike contracts, just different things because not only was she that coach for me, she was like that second mom. Yeah. You know, if I needed her outside of basketball, I could pick up the phone. She would say, hey, I'm in a meeting. I'll call you as soon as the meet. Or I'll call you right after practice. She was, I would be in Turkey, and she would still answer the phone like, hey, we have, we got, we're going into practice, I'll call you. And she would call me back, and we would talk about things. And it was like she was just so, so helpful. And still today, me and her maybe talk two times a week. Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we, we, wow. we're going to always have that relationship because – like when I tell you, it really made they really made me feel like I was at home. Like, okay, I'm away from my mom and dad because I was a homebody, yeah. and they made me feel comfortable. I mean, it was like a family atmosphere. Also, having Charlotte Smith there, you know, one of the great. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, exactly. Being coached by her, I literally had no choice of have no choice but being great. You know, when you got greatness around you, you you tend to. To feed off the the greatness that's that's there, yeah. and Coach Astro, man, she she was a great coach. I mean, she was funny. <laughs> She's funny, but at the same time, she just tries to bring the best out of you at all times. You know. Well, this was amazing. I'm glad we had a chance to speak to you today. Thank you so much for your time. But my, my main thing is, why isn't anybody having you on their televisions right now? Because I need to see this personality on ESPN talk about some some basketball. I said, I need to see this personality on ESPN where, where you're analyzing basketball. Like, somebody need to have you on their TV right now. Hey, listen, man, <laughs> I know that's right. And to be honest with you, like, my, my goal is to get back into coaching. I would love to be a head coach. Um, I think that's my that's, that's my calling. That's my passion. Um, and I think it, it's definitely going to happen. Um, you know, with me, I just leave everything up to God. But, oh, you going to see this face. Oh, you going to see this face soon. <laughs> All right, give us the exclusive when you when you come back in. Oh, y'all can have the interview anytime, man. I, we we locked in, we locked in. Y'all cool with me? We locked in. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you having you. Be safe. Hey, thank y'all, thank y'all so much. I really appreciate it. 
All right, we want to thank Ivory Ladder for joining us uh, for this week on the Culture State Podcast. And also, she mentioned getting back into coaching. Yeah. It'll be amazing if she is roaming the sidelines here in ACC country. Um, you know, hey, maybe Courtney Banghart needs a big-time assistant that can go out there and do some big-time recruiting. You know, who better to have than Ivory Ladder? Or mm -hmm. let's say Wes Moore says, hey, let's shake the table a little bit. Oh. Let me bring this former Tar Heel Ooh. on my staff and, and do some recruiting that way and then, like, kind of get the people in Chapel Hill a little. Or maybe Carol Lawson, a former WNBA player herself, mm -hmm. more than likely played against Ivory Ladder, brings her yeah. on the staff at Duke. That would be amazing as well. So uh, hopefully we just see her in ACC country out here. Uh, and that would be something I'm, I'm rooting for. I'm going to go conspiracy theory on you. She's going to get hired by one of the other ACC schools in the triangle, so Duke or NC State, but she's really going to direct kids to Carolina, so it's an inside job. <laughs> that sounds like it came from uh, across from the state, state at Western Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the Gold State Podcast. <laughs> we appreciate you guys <laughs> for watching, for listening. Follow us on social so media at Chris Lee TV. <laughs> at the fan rookie and at culture state pod <laughs> also starting september 3rd culture state saturdays are back live 10 to noon on 99.9 the fan you can stream it on wrl sports fan.com where you can watch us on wrl sports fan as well wrl sports plus you can watch us live 10 to noon we might be coming to a football stadium near you by the way I'm talking to you greenville 9322 be there we'll see you the Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.